0: the allure of the limelight can at times be irresistible. Some people strive their whole lives to achieve a moment in the spotlight, and very few ever manage to make it happen. For those who can't make the cut, it's inevitable that a new life will take over, whether we want it to or not. Sometimes it can still involve what you're passionate about. Maybe you'll find yourself teaching the new future stars, or finding another way to pay your bills. Our subject today was forced to find a new path away from her dreams of being a pop star, but somehow that path took her to black magic and witchcraft, and it all made her dreams of being famous and known by all a complete and tragic reality. There I turned you on. Thank you. What's up? My name's Ben.
1: And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim.
0: A true crime podcast. Why'd you why'd you giggle at me?
1: I don't know. I thought we would redo that, but apparently we're not.
0: <laughs> you don't want to do you want to redo that or do you want to just let people know that I just turned your microphone on?
1: Let's do it.
0: Cause that's what it was, your microphone.
1: You were about to mute me this whole whole episode.
0: Well, the whole new intro is throwing me for a loop a little bit with the audio system. So mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta get used to that.
1: But I hope people are liking that. I think it's kind of cool.
0: It's a fun way to actually mm-hmm. like introduce the whole. The whole episode in a little bit of a in type way. Yeah, you know?
1: I really like it. I'm enjoying it's fun. it.
0: I'm it's actually fun it. to write them too. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um one what is really fun though? What? Our patrons.
1: Ooh, yes uh, they are. So
0: we got one patron to thank this week. So today it's all about Tracy Hanks.
1: Tracy, you're freaking awesome.
0: Thank you so much, Tracy, for signing up over on Patreon. We appreciate the absolute shit out of you. Yeah, we do. You're wicked as fuck.
1: Wickedly awesome. Yeah. So uh, we had a big celebration on the weekend.
0: We did. What was it? Tell them all about it.
1: We had our 12 year wedding anniversary.
0: Whoop, whoop.
1: Holy heck. (laughs) And then we've also been together like 17 years. So it was a big one. Yeah. That's a big one.
0: We've, well, you said you for sure. You've had people jokingly ask, but still ask, uh, have you, were you a child bride? (laughs) Because like, we're not super old
1: we're pretty old
0: we're starting to get there but to be married for 12 years and be 34 yeah
1: i'm 33
0: give it a little bit
1: but um well yeah i was 21 when we got married and you were 22
0: yeah just turned 22 so So, babies basically yes you were a child bride but by volunteering not not an arranged marriage yeah yeah
1: yeah that's what that's what we say
0: um so we went out and we did uh photo shoots we had breakfast we had lunch and we had dinner didn't we or no the breakfast was coffee and then we went for brunch and then we had dinner yeah Yeah. that's what we did Um, and
1: we also we also had starbucks too at one point like we just like lived our best lives we
0: did it was pretty awesome
1: had a photo shoot went for a walk oh and (laughs) i almost forgot about this so ben's neck has just been like fucked like yeah. just fucked is like an understatement
0: which is actually why the episode is delayed one day because i was having serious issues like researching on a computer yeah so
1: it was it was hurting yeah.
0: but i went to physio today so that's good i feel Woo-hoo. a little bit better
1: so anyway for um his anniversary present i took him to sleep country and we got you a really good pillow
0: yeah <laughs> and then the pillow was buy one get one 50 percent off oh So I got you a pillow for your anniversary gift, too.
1: So we basically are oldest in because we (laughs) got each other ergonomical, ergonomical, ergonomical pillows for our anniversary.
0: Yeah. We old as fuck. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Here's a pillow.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like I thought it was like pretty much the most comical shit I've ever.
0: It's like those scenes out of a comedy movie where it's like, here, I got you this. Oh, my God. I got you the same thing. (laughs) That's basically what happened. So, yeah. Except we were both there when we bought the pillows. And, and yeah, but it's still, Keep it applies. It,
1: I don't know. Like this is so sounding old, but it's like in all reality, like you're sleeping, you sleep a lot and like your mattress and your pillows and stuff should be the shit.
0: Yeah, I agree. They really should. Um, my pillow has been for the last like 30 years, shit, not the shit.
1: It hasn't, you haven't had one pillow for 30 years, but it's like.
0: No, but I've just had shit pillows. Yeah, I've tried to
1: years. buy you new ones and then like. Buying someone a pillow without them there is hard. It's hard.
0: Yeah. So got a good pillow now though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, also, I got to roll right back to Patreon here for a minute. I just mm-hmm. realized because today's episode was actually selected by the lovely members over on Patreon.
1: Yeah. It was like a, they, it really won, I think, right? Quite.
0: Yeah. It was. Quite a lot over I believe the it was like 40% above the rest or something like that. Mm. So. Nice. Yeah. That case. You're about to find out what it is. I mean, I told told you about it a little bit already, but you're about to find out a lot more. You ready for this? I
1: think we're totally ready here.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if you're ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, let's dive into this. I'm not even going to say the name right out of the get go. I'm gonna or the title of the whole thing. You can see it in the title of the actual like where you're listening, anyways. (laughs) You're gonna have to wait a little bit. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Because we're going to start off with an individual by the name of Mazna Ismail, who was born on January 1st, 1956 Mm. in Kangar, Malaysia. New Year's baby. Yes, New Year's baby indeed. Now, she was a young girl who, like many others today, dreamed of making it big. You know, the lights, the stage, you name it. She was into dancing, singing, performing, all the time, the whole while, while she was doing these things and, you know, doing her little, I don't know, child star shows and stuff, she had a big smile on her face the entire time, plastered across her face, you know, through and through. She wanted to become a pop star and she presented herself as such.
1: Aww. Like, I hope that was there because she was enjoying what she was doing.
0: I'm, I'm sure she did. She loved it. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that's still the persona, right? Like smile, yeah. stand up straight, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Is that my chair squeaking or yours?
1: That's definitely not me.
0: Maybe I'm moving too much. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but.
1: Calm down. I'm Calm just, down over I'm there. I'm
0: into it, okay? <laughs> Anyways, she would later adopt a stage name as she continued to stri- uh, strive for stardom in her adult life. Her name would become Mona Fandy. Uh, it was a name she adopted out of the inspiration from her biggest fan, her husband, whose name was Muhammad, nor a So she kind of took that and took Mona out of it. I'm assuming like Muhammad became Mona. And then of course, a became Fandy.
1: Hmm, that's so. really cool.
0: It is. It's like almost that. like a, uh, a Harry Potter thing with Lord Voldemort. You don't know.
1: I don't know what you mean, but I've watched the Harry Potter, so no one get mad at me for the love of God. I do like Harry Potter. Tom
0: Marvolo Riddle. You rearrange oh, it; it spells shit. Yeah. yeah. I am Lord Voldemort.
1: Okay. Yeah. See, I'm like. I now I feel like I defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am into Harry Potter, but I'm not like as avid as a fan of like.
0: That, that's that's totally fair. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Regardless, though, her name is now Mona Fandy. Okay. Now together, the two did all they could to push her into the limelight. They even went as far as to open their own recording studio to get her in front of a microphone. Wow. So it was their own money getting the recording studio with all the equipment. And there in that studio, they produced her self-sponsored album because they, you know, Mm -hmm. paid for it and everything, entitled Diana. And she, after the album and everything, even made a few television appearances. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to give you guys a quick little moment to listen to a little bit of uh, her singing. I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> So for context, that's like 1987 uh, Malaysian pop music. So mm-hmm. I'm not too sure if I, if you're all brushed up on your 1987 pop, you know, culture, music stuff. But for me, I don't think that's half bad.
1: Yeah, no, oh. I thought it was good. And honestly, too, like so good for them for like taking the bull by the horns because people aren't always going to be knocking on your door. So you got to go knock on theirs. Right. So exactly. Like, well done.
0: You got to pave your own path.
1: I love that. Yeah. So like, that's awesome that they did this.
0: They took that initiative. They went out there and they produced these. And like Mm -hmm. I said, because of this album, she even made a couple TV appearances with her music.
1: Awesome.
0: Absolutely awesome. Uh, Now, despite those TV and public appearances, uh, the self-published album didn't exactly push her career like she was hoping to. Didn't put her in the limelight and she didn't become, well, a pop star. Uh, it was obvious to Mona and her husband that she wasn't exactly going to make it big, especially anytime soon. And the idea of becoming a star didn't leave Mona's mind, however. It was very much still a dream of hers. Now, in the meantime, just because she had these aspirations and this dream and something that she wanted to pursue, uh, it didn't exactly fit well for her to keep pursuing that. She had to go and find some other means of income.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the two of them did, and they did what any reasonable person would do in this whole situation. Black magic as a witch doctor. That was their backup plan.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. You just like went there. I was like building up and the building up, that was not what I expected.
0: Yeah, I... That was completely uh, left field for me, too, while I was researching. I was wow. Like, All right, then. It's kind of wild. I mean, most people would be like, OK, I'm going to go see if I can find like a labor position mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe just like an office job where it can, you know, type in data for a little bit or who knows Work what. Work at
1: a coffee shop, something, you know. Something
0: just in the meantime. I mean, some of those jobs pay well. So, I mean, hell yeah. Yeah. So that's not what they did. They're like, you know what? Fucking witch doctor. Okay. All right. Let let's sure.
1: I'm very intrigued <laughs> to know how this goes down.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, it seems odd. Obviously, um, you can't make a living as like a singer pop star. So, how do you think you can make a living as a black magic ritualistic, fucking witch doctor for people?
1: They must have been into that uh, kind of ad as well, right?
0: They must have had something to initiate it. Yeah, and to get them in there. Like it's
1: you don't just randomly decide that's what you're going to do.
0: That's completely left field. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I love pop music. It's not working. Satan. (laughs) Like, that's that's not what happens, you know? (laughs) No. So they must have had some sort of interest, like Mm -hmm. you say, to to push them this way. Uh, So it's, I mean, making a living doing these rituals, it's it's far-fetched at best to think that you're going to just start pulling an income. But it actually worked. Hmm. They... Their new role doing spiritual rituals, healing um provisions of talismans for money won Mona much more fame than she ever dreamed of really it brought her wealth, it brought status, fame, and of course materialistic things such as mansions and houses like they were living the good life, of course really yeah hundred percent of course though mind you like she's not like in the limelight as she would as a pop star she yeah not cover of magazines by any means
1: and doing autographs and all that jazz probably yeah
0: but she is definitely living the the money life hmm. so
1: okay well i hope you're gonna elaborate on what exactly they're doing uh in case any of us want to <laughs> i'm just <laughs> kidding i'm just kidding <laughs>
0: I do a little bit here and I'll try and explain it as best as I can. Cause it's pretty vague on the exact type of stuff that they were doing. Okay. Um, but I do go over some of it. So we'll touch on it here in a moment. Uh, what actually I touched on it right here. Perfect. Okay. So basically it was the elite country or the country's elitists were like knocking on her door to get in. Uh, they were the most wealthy businessmen and politicians who were looking for good fortune. Essentially, the more money they forked over to Mona, the more powerful spells and ceremonies she would say she would be performing and the better fortune and spiritual healing they would receive. Hmm. So essentially what they're saying is, okay, we're going to perform ceremonies on you, rituals on you, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and get you good fortune, good healing and and push you farther in your career, get you wealth and and get you status and that's what these guys are after. They're they're after that power and that status. So they're forking out whatever cash they need to. She could pretty much name her price.
1: Wow! If only it was that easy, eh?
0: Uh, if only mm-hmm. if if it was that easy, uh, we might be offering that sort of stuff over on a Patreon. <laughs> For the smooth, <laughs> smooth figure of $10,000 per 10 second phone call where we will give you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh,
1: my word. Uh, if, like you
0: say, if only.
1: If only. I mean, if only, then I feel like a lot of people would be doing a lot better.
0: Yeah. So this whole time though, Mona is, of course, just, just laughing all the way to the bank. She's making She's making cash like crazy. Uh, now, I do want to mention this here before I move on. There is nothing wrong with spiritualistic beliefs or performing such rituals. No. I don't I don't want to throw shade at that. We're we're joking a little bit here um, because the one thing that is wrong with it is taking advantage of people, which is exactly what Mona's doing.
1: Yeah. No. She's
0: just like, I want to make money. I want to become famous. And this is my path to do it. You know, I'm going to charge a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have a problem with it. I mean charge your crystals look up at the stars i don't give a shit do your thing do you yeah that's that's totally cool
1: well because honestly sometimes just even like the power of believing in something oh yeah really does make it work right but and in my in my opinion it's just it's mostly the power of you believing but um but if you're doing it like kind of unfaithfully to gain yourself that's maybe not the best
0: yeah and like a lot of like witchcraft or Wiccan stuff or, um, all this sort of black magic or whatever is not necessarily like I, I joked earlier with like Satan, right. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily lining up with that. Like even Satanism isn't lined up with Satan. Uh, so it's, it's a lot more like, like you say, when you're taking advantage of it or when you're, Going about it the wrong way—that's when it's it's not cool, mm-hmm. and that's when it is really about like yourself, and it is about selfishness and
1: when you're doing it, taking advantage and doing it to some of someone else,
0: exactly kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, and one man she did take advantage of was a politician by the name of M- M- Maslan. There we go, Maslan Idris. uh It's not certain who exactly approached who about their arrangement. I'm going to assume it's Maslan who, who did approach, uh, Mona about it. Uh, but regardless, the result is the same. Mona was selling some very specific talismans to him. Uh, there was two of them to be particular. One was a cane and another was a traditional hat that was apparently previously worn by the president of Indonesia, a man whose name was Sukano. Now, apparently there's a bunch of stuff in the history of this guy as well, but I'm not going to be diving into that today. Um, but the two items were sold to him for the very small price of 2.5 million Malaysian ringgits, which was worth <coughs> about $600,000. <000 coughs>
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff she is charging. and
1: That's a lot of money.
0: And you know, she's just like going down to the oh. local flea market and buying some shit.
1: Oh, no. I mean, but she put herself in that position to have people believing that she could help them too.
0: Yeah. And, uh Maslin believed her because yeah. without a second thought, he agreed. So she's doing something. She's doing something right. Well, not right, but she's doing something to make money. I don't know how to. <laughs> I know. I don't even properly. know how to word it.
1: That's wild.
0: Yeah. So she she's swindling, is what she's doing.
1: Because I'm just like. If you spent that money, I don't know, like ed- educating yourself or like, of a campaign or something, like you would just, as get to where you want to be too, maybe better, easier. I don't know.
0: Over a, a top hat and a cane. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I feel like I'm spiraling yeah. here, but I'm like, ah. No,
0: I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, anyways, he paid one fifth of the cost up front, and the rest he had uh, gave up some land oh, as collateral. Boy. Uh, As the remainder. That's sad. Now, what I think here is I don't think he could afford the full sum and he's banking on here's what I can afford now. Here's my collateral. Once these talismans pay off and I am going far in my career and I'm getting money, then I'll pay the rest.
1: Oh, no. I
0: believe that's what his his math was going on there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, So he he clearly wanted to go far in his political career. And with these, he was sure he was going to make it to the top but of course he didn't Mona clearly scammed him. And soon he would be wise to her false promises. uh, Once, you know, absolutely nothing changed. Everything was the same. He's just shy of a shit ton of money. Uh, This is probably why he didn't follow through to pay her the rest of what he owned because the land was up for collateral. Right. Mm -hmm. So, well, it'll probably end up being some land, but he still didn't even give her the land. It was just what he put up front. And that was it. Okay. Now, he wasn't getting what he wanted and Mona wasn't getting what she wanted. Of course, the money. Mona told him there were some issues preventing the talismans from working properly and she made up some complete mumbo jumbo about needing to perform a cleansing type ritual with him so the magic could actually take effect with the talismans. Now, reluctantly, Maslin agreed to take part. I'm pretty sure you can get your I'm I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure you can't get your money back from black magic rituals. And he probably realized that there's no exact return policy on that sort of thing. Uh, So he probably thought to himself, well, I've gone this far. So why not just go through it and maybe it'll work and hope for the best? You know, what if I got to lose now? I'm not paying her any more money up front. She's saying she'll fix it and then I'll be rich again or famous again or politically amazing again and then I'll pay her. So what does he have to lose, really, right?
1: I know. I was just going to say that he doesn't have much to lose unless something crazy happens here.
0: I'm worried. Unless something crazy happens here. I'm worried. Dun, dun, dun. So they met up for another ritual. On July 1st of 1993, in the middle of the night, Maslin took off not telling his wife so he could meet Mona in the remote area of Kampung Parak at one of Mona's many houses.
1: I already don't like this.
0: He followed the road and turned off onto a dirt road and kept going through the forest up a hillside until he arrived at his destination. The small bungalow nestled within the woods. There inside the house, Mona and her husband, Muhammad, met him. And there was also their assistant and they had set up an area for the ritual to be performed. Now, as he walked through the house, there's items, there's knickknacks all around and things in jars and ingredients lining shelves, very much witchcrafty type stuff, much from what you'd expect of someone who would be living in a house and performs these sort of rituals. Okay. Now, inside the home was also, there was a construction of a slab that he was apparently told he needed to lay down on in the kitchen. Now, that slab was dressed with flower petals as part of the ritual for, quote, a flower bath. His instructions were to lay down on his back and close his eyes and wait for, I quote, money to fall from the sky. Now, what's going to happen is as he lays there, they're kind of like dropping rose petals and flower petals upon him, right? Mm -hmm. So he did as Mona and and her husband told him to do. And they were dropping those petals on top of him in this flower bath. And he felt the petals hitting his body and his face as if it were the riches falling from the heavens. But then, all of a sudden, there was a different feeling. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. The feeling of an axe chopping clean through his exposed neck. Oh, no. Yep.
1: Okay. Yeah, I knew it was going to go somewhere, but I didn't know where.
0: It went to axe in the neck.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay. You good, bro? I could hardly listen to that. The, it's like the anticipation building up in my
0: body. I was just like losing it here. The moment I said the feeling of an axe, you moved away from your mic and started cringing before I even said what happened. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, this poor person. Oh my goodness.
0: So Maslin was quickly reported missing the next day on July 2nd, as this took place on July 1st Mm in 1993. After there was a withdrawal of 30,000 ringgits, which was then about $12,000 in US dollars uh, from a Kula Lumpar Bank.
1: Oh, jeez. Which
0: Kula Lumpar, sorry, is the area, not the bank specifically. It's the area. Okay. Um, an important clue for the police as they knew where to start looking. Now, as it turns out, the day after Maslin's slaying in cold blood, uh, Mona uh, decided that a shopping spree was in order.
1: Oh, you know, I started this podcast feeling frigging bad for her. Yep. Now I just bruh. oh yeah. Does it get
0: worse? Uh well no, it's just, it's just this one situation.
1: Okay. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Uh so she decided, yeah, a shopping spree.
1: Unbelievable. Um,
0: she probably felt that the money was owed to her. Honestly.
1: Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't put it past her.
0: So she went shopping and even bought herself a Mercedes Benz and splurged a little extra on herself because, you know, she deserves it and got a facelift. What? Yeah.
1: She deserves it. My ass. She deserves it.
0: Yeah. So the day after slaying a dude, she goes, withdraws a shit ton of money from his bank and goes on a shopping spree. And gets a facelift. And a car. Yeah, a Mercedes.
1: Wow, real winner right here. We got.
0: Yeah, no, Mona clearly had the fucking the fucking chutzpah. There we go. That's hutzpah. The, the chutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> to believe she was going to get away with it, honestly. Oh yeah. Um,
1: I'm sure yeah. she thought that that she was totally getting away with this. Yeah. And like you said, she thinks that that money was completely owed to her. She probably yeah. doesn't think she did anything wrong. She didn't get all the money, so she took his life.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm going to go back a little bit here because you said that there's something for like believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that she actually believed in her own abilities and chalked this whole like him dying up to bad karma, like kind of thing for not listening to her in the first place. Like he pretty much did it to himself because he didn't pay her. So it's like, well, it's bad juju on you then. That that's my assumption.
1: That mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah.
0: I think she was literally caught up in her own charade and she began to believe her own false abilities. That's what I think.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, a lot of people in those kind of positions and stuff do. Yeah. They totally do. It's like, I was just, this came to mind as like cult leaders and stuff, right? Yeah.
0: So I mean, how else do you explain like using the card the very next fucking day? She believed she can just get away with it. Mm
1: -hmm. She
0: believed that she was fucking magic. That's what I think. Yeah. Anyways, It didn't take long for a break to come in this case, and it doesn't come from anywhere you would actually guess or expect. On July 22nd, police ended up arresting a young man who was higher than a fucking kite wandering public streets. So a couple of foot patrol officers arrested him and brought him in. Very lucky that these foot patrol officers just happened to run into this individual. And this individual in question just so happened to be a 23-year-old man named Jeraima Hussin, Mona's assistant. Really? Yes.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay.
0: So at this point, Jeraima, or Jeraimee, sorry, Jeraimee is how you say his name, uh, was only facing a bit of jail time, maybe at worst, you know, maybe a fine and a slap on the wrist and back in his way, right? He's basically just high in public.
1: So, okay. I was just like, that's really all he's done.
0: That Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. However, something had happened when he was arrested and they began questioning him regarding his inebriation. Before he was fully sober, he actually ended up implementing, I can't talk today, implicating himself in the murder of Maslin. Oh, wow. His statements were complete jumbled for the record. They're rambling, incoherent at first, but the police were able to pick up some crucial pieces of information. And most importantly, a name, Maslin Idris.
1: Hmm. So if you got a big, juicy secret, don't get drunk or high or whatever and spill all your beans.
0: Yeah. Or just don't get high, you know, that and drunk in public and, you know, yeah. Substance abuse is bad, kids. It Let's is. put it that way. It is. Yep. But yeah, it was basically he just started going off and confessing to the police about this shit.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, He was confessing to being involved in the disappearance, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Uh, And because of that, the police pressed forward and questioned him on the information. And he began telling them the wild tale of black magic and rituals.
1: Whoa. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I do actually really. I'm enjoying this.
0: (laughs) You're enjoying this? Like, this is good. Why? What specifically? What do you mean? Well,
1: it's just hilarious because the next morning or or whatever, when this person is sober, like... They're going to just be like, fuck. Yeah. Like, holy shit.
0: And this, like this whole case is just a shit show of just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, um, and he also mentioned a name, uh, Mona Fandy.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. Went all out. Yeah. Just went to town here.
0: Yeah. He mentioned Mona Fandy. Oh, you know, that famous witch doctor. Yeah. Her.
1: Wow. The one that police
0: already know who she is because she's that famous witch doctor. Oh, the ones who just happens to own the bungalow down the dirt road that just so happens to be in the area where Maslin's credit card was used to make a large withdrawal Holy the day shit. of his reported appearance. Yeah, that Mona.
1: Wow. Because <laughs> like, honestly, they might—they probably would not have figured it out otherwise.
0: Honestly, probably not.
1: Because I just feel like she probably would have been very good at covering up her, her steps.
0: Yeah. Now. Oh, we're going to talk about covering up the steps here in a minute. Um, But that wasn't everything that Jirami said, though. He said even more. He claimed that the most crucial piece of evidence that the police needed lay waiting to be found at that bungalow. So him and the officers, officer, officers, do you hear that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Officers went for a little drive. Mona and her husband were quickly, of course, arrested and police went searching the house for a rickety little shed out back. And sure enough, in this rickety little brick shed, there was this evidence that Jaramie was talking about. Detectives opened the building and inside they found a patch of newly poured concrete in the center of the floor.
1: What? Yep. Wow. Okay, my brain had gone somewhere else. I thought they were going to like be dissecting this body or something and using it for their...
0: Their witchcraft. witchcraft stuff. No, huh. no, not quite. There was there was a fresh uh tomb, if you will. Let's put it that way.
1: Interesting though, because I don't know if that would be like a great way to hide a body. It seems kind of suspicious, no?
0: I mean, only if you're looking for a body. A nice cement floor and a shed? Hell yeah. I guess. Why not? Sure. Either that's not a suspicious thing for me, or I know a lot of sheds that hold a lot of bodies.
1: Oh gosh.
0: (laughs) Cause a lot of people will pour a concrete pad and then build something on it. Right. It's a foundation. I guess. So, I mean,
1: wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Make
0: a floor in your shed and then people aren't going to be the wiser, especially the older it gets. Right.
1: Holy heck. Huh. Okay.
0: So obviously a team was brought in, To break open and search through the concrete. Uh, Through digging, they would eventually find remains six feet down into the dirt. Sorry, approximately six feet down into the dirt. Uh, It was, of course, Maslin. His remains were decomposed and he was chopped up into 18 different pieces. Wow. The hole, of course, reeked of decay. Uh Uh-huh. But it also contained more than his remains it also included things like an axe knives other tools and items that were used and found from the murder scene
1: why the heck did they chop him up into so many pieces
0: probably for easy disposable you know carrying out to the backyard or something like that
1: okay interesting or
0: as you say it could be some other ceremonial things that they were after. Well
1: yeah I was like they might be using this body for things.
0: I should also say actually that uh in the coroner's notes it was mentioned that the body appeared to have been partially skinned, which also plays into the whole witchcraft ceremonial mm-hmm. things.
1: Well yeah like okay if there is a bunch of jars and stuff in there, Don't you picture one of the jars to be like pieces of skin? Oh, probably. 100% in a mason jar? Yeah. Seal that shit up?
0: Eyeballs and shit. Oh, yeah. Newt's. Eye of newt. Puppy dog's tails. There you go. Uh, Which that honestly just shows me that the whole her believing her own bullshit thing is extremely true. Because behind the scenes, guess what they're doing? They're not putting on a show to anyone. They have a dead body and they are dissecting it, skinning it. So they're doing this for their own amusement or their own rituals.
1: So. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I think rituals, I'm going with that.
0: Well, rituals are not though. It's the one thing that really gets me is they tried to cover their tracks. And honestly, like, I mean, they, they kind of did a good job of it. Like, I think they could have like, like, well, you even said they probably would have gotten away with it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so, mean, I mean, if you're covering your tracks of something, then, you know, you did something wrong.
0: Yeah. Other than like, you know, the, the credit card thing and having a fucking witness at the scene, you you know, fucking A for effort, I guess. But
1: they really trusted this assistant, hey. Oh,
0: did they ever? Especially if they know that he's getting high and wandering the fucking streets. Yeah. The only thing they didn't know, he's getting caught by the cops and spilling the beans.
1: No kidding. (laughs) Spilling the beans. Yeah.
0: That's what he did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And he, like, he is going to be in trouble too.
0: Yeah. Well, he was actually the one who struck the blow. He was the one who had the axe.
1: Oh my gosh. Seriously? Yes. So they even made someone else do this. The dirty work completely. Yes.
0: Now I I should clarify though. um, I don't have that written in my notes. I remember reading that. Okay. But I can't remember the resource for that. So I could be wrong on that particular piece.
1: Mm -hmm. But I... It makes sense. I bet yeah. you they would totally do that.
0: I'm pretty sure he was the one with the axe. Yeah. So, um. Anyways, moving on to their trial. Uh, Mona, Muhammad, and Jermy uh, were tried before the judge. Uh, his name was Datuk Makartar Sidin. I believe. I really hope I said that right. Uh, in 1995, uh, they were all charged with murder under section three zero two of the Malaysian penalty code, a crime, which carries a mandatory death sentence.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Mandatory. Good. So if found guilty, mandatory death sentence.
1: Well, yeah, they took someone else's life quite, quite easily here.
0: hmm Now the trial, uh, was a absolute media sensation a famous witch doctor and her beloved husband in their late 30s accused of a gruesome voodoo related murder uh the entire time while going to court mona wore expensive outfits each day you know oh
1: my gosh she was using this
0: yep she was looking her absolute best she thrived in the media attention and she continued her own ritual that she had since she was a kid of always keeping that beautiful show-stopping smile on her face
1: disgusting
0: she loved every bit of attention that she was getting which like you just said uh, disgusting so
1: like she just literally wanted to be in the limelight and she didn't give a shit how or how she was there really exactly that is so gross (laughs) Like, I am so disgusted right now.
0: Oh, tell me like, more. Like, I
1: was going to eat an English muffin after this, and now I'm <laughs> not sure I want to.
0: That is so oddly specific. <laughs> I was going to eat an English muffin, but now this bitch can fuck off.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I'm just, like, not hungry anymore.
0: All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know how I can top that. <laughs> well, uh, the case lasted 65 English muffin-less days. <laughs> uh and heard evidence from 76 different witnesses the prosecution told the court that money was a clear motivation for the murder and pointed to the shopping spree you know mm-hmm. having a big old facelift and a brand new mercedes bins um Jirimi also testified against mona and afandi who's sorry i have his last name there muhammad so mona and muhammad and revealed the gruesome details of the murder as he was there himself
1: and sorry just to clarify something too so like witnesses and stuff i imagine it's other people that were like i don't know what you call them clients of hers i
0: would assume so i couldn't find exactly who these witnesses were
1: Mm -hmm. um but for that many i feel like some of them are probably that hey because there wasn't like any many witnesses of the crime or anything yeah
0: i'm gonna assume it's a lot of people um business related you know who can attest to Specifically since the motivation is money, motivate like for spending, how much she charged, uh, people living the lavish life with her and witnessing Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, witnessing her business, what she would do and perform at rituals. So I would assume that, yeah, a lot of them are probably going to be clients. Yeah. So now the only defense from uh, Mona and Muhammad uh, was that he owed them money for the rituals and the talismans they provided. That, that's basically the sum of their defense. Well, he owed us money.
1: Wow, because that justifies it completely.
0: Apparently in their mind, I guess.
1: And they didn't, and by the sounds of it too, they didn't even like need the money, right?
0: No, they didn't.
1: So that just doesn't make any sense.
0: No. So yeah, they pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, so it only took seven jury members uh, just 70 minutes to reach a unanimous verdict of... Guilty. Yes. Against all three defendants. Yes. Muhammad and Mona smiled when the foreman of the jury delivered the verdict on the 9th of February
1: 1995. Why? Ugh.
0: I don't know because they fucked up. The judge then passed the death sentence on each of them. Uh, He said that they would be taken from the court to a recognized facility, uh, AKA a prison and later be hanged until they were dead. After hearing her sentence, Mona said this, I am happy and thank you to all Malaysians.
1: Really? Hey, like, so sh- like by gu- getting this guilty, they would have known that they were basically going to die. Oh yeah. But it doesn't seem to have bothered them at all.
0: No, right here. It says like after her sentence, not after the verdict,
1: mm-hmm. after
0: sentence, after you will be hanged.
1: Well, because she says that now she literally is going to be famous. Like she's famous forever.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what she wanted.
1: <sighs>
0: she was photographed smiling as she was led from the courtroom to prison. There's an infamous photo. You look it up and she is fucking oh, big shit eating grin. On I got to see this. No, you don't want to.
1: I need. I'm going to. I'm going to look at it while I'm eating my English muffin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. That'll be one hell of an English muffin, I guess. <laughs> now, of course, all attempts for appeal uh, were dismissed. All three attempts from each individual, uh, and on Friday the second on November of November, sorry, in 2001, uh, in a Kenjang, a kajang prison, before dawn. The trio were each handcuffed and hooded in their holding cells adjacent to the execution chamber and then led to the gallows with their three British style nooses dangling from a big old metal beam.
1: Oh, yikes, yikes.
0: There they were hanged and they were left to hang for an hour before being pronounced dead. A prison official said the trio expressed no remorse at the pre-dawn execution.
1: Hmm. So it's almost like they just accepted it And they were fine with that hey
0: Yeah It's like that That's what they fucking wanted They wanted the limelight They wanted the stardom They wanted the infamy Huh Which It, it kind of sucks to talk about this case In that sense now Yeah Um, But also in that It's like Fuck you guys mm-hmm. You know We're gonna talk about it And we're gonna talk about how much You guys fucking suck And you big pieces of shit
1: <laughs> And No kidding
0: Yeah Oh,
1: I'm, I'm just like, it's because I imagine like a lot of people in that moment though are just like terrified and oh my gosh, like trying to figure out how they could like possibly last minute get out of this, but they just didn't, which no. is mind blowing. They ate it up. Yeah.
0: Now the one nice thing to sum this all up, after the executions, Maslin's widow, Datin Farida, uh, told reporters that she could finally Which is like... Which is... Awesome.
1: Good. I mean, because she's like the main victim here in a sense because she has to continue her life Mm -hmm. and know what the heck happened to her husband and why he was doing this and because he wanted to be successful and I I imagine he probably wanted to be successful like for her and everything, right? So that's like a tough pill to swallow.
0: Yeah. It's going to be something that I'm sure she'll be thinking about for a long, long time to come. Mm Mm-hmm. So... That is the story about this fucking bitch Mona Fandy and her fucking husband and assistant pieces of shit.
1: No kidding. I did not expect this story to go that way. No? Hmm. I mean, when you first started, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. But now I like literally do not like this woman whatsoever.
0: It's very relatable at the beginning. You know, a young girl who dreams of stardom. It singing is. on the stage and and doing what she can to get there and working hard. But then it just
1: it becomes very
0: unrelatable and very dark and very twisted. But it also makes me think, like, how long did she have this in her? Was that smiling at a young age, really innocent, wanting to be a pop star? Or was that just something sinister right out of the gate?
1: Could be, actually. I never thought about it like that. Like this. She was just like a murderer in the works.
0: Maybe. Maybe the whole pop star thing was just like a mask, like a facade. And then, you know, she couldn't, that that facade wasn't getting her anywhere. And then yeah. when she went to the 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 witch doctor, black magic thing, she peeled away the mask and it was just who she really was. This creepy fucking vile human being.
1: Like what a disturbing story, because like we said, too, like. She would have had interest in that, right? Yeah. You just don't all of a sudden, I think one day like fa- fail at one thing and like go to something else and not have had an interest in it. Well, kind of.
0: I mean to be fair, I mean myself, I like I'm undiagnosed, but we pretty much are certain I have ADHD, right? Um, and the thing for me that I really get going is hyperfixation. I find something that piques my interest. I dive into it headlong, headlong. Um, so it might not be something, if I guess anything like that, she could just have one day heard it from a friend and then started reading about it. And then it just really piqued her interest Did and they're she like, you should do this.
1: Really think that you make all this money from it though. Like, I wow. Huh. That's a wild story. Yeah. Interesting. Well done.
0: It's a crazy one. Patrons are good at selecting those good ones. Hey, eh?
1: yeah, they are. Well, I think a lot of them too had never heard of, heard this story. Um, covered by anyone so that's Mm -hmm. why it was a big interest too right
0: and it's a roller coaster so i hope that you guys enjoyed it yeah yeah
1: my head's spinning
0: if you want to join us over on patreon so you can have a vote in these episodes once in a while you can go ahead and take a look in the the show notes or the description whatever you want to call it we got a link there we also have a link to our twitter instagram facebook our website You can go support us and you can even just support us by listening like you are right now. So thank you so, so much for being here. We absolutely appreciate it. And of course, as always,
1: stay wicked.